Welcome to the Millennial Parents Podcast, where we discuss everything about parenthood and adulthood from the perspective of millennials. We are your hosts, Lizette and Damien, creators of Millennial Parents, and it is our mission to highlight the real and raw ups and downs of our journey. It is important to note we are two average millennial parents who are simply faking it till we make it. Therefore, we will not be providing medical advice. Everything we share is based on our learning experience. As always, seek your medical provider first. Don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast. This will help build our community of millennial parents. Please follow us on Instagram at Millennial Rents and visit our website for exclusive content. What's up, everybody? We are back and we got a baby, baby. The millennial rents are in full effect. So welcome to season two, episode one of the Millennial Parents podcast. Our lives have drastically changed since the birth of baby Maya. So the fun begins. Thank you all for your patience in launching our latest episode. This season will be a special one as we share our birth story and how we're adjusting to parenthood. everyone and we are so excited to be back on this podcast we so are much back, baby so much has changed this so is much. our first podcast with our little one right next to us life is amazing it, it is even better than i could imagine <laughs> <laughs> we are currently still on cloud nine um and just soaking in every bit of newborn baby that we can. And y'all might even hear a little bit in this episode. She'll be featured a bit, maybe some hiccups or something. (laughs) She's up and she exploring. So she's joining us today for her first episode with the millennial parents. And we're so excited to have her and share with you guys this new season of the podcast. New season alert. New season alert. (laughs) We decided to do season two, start a new season, because we have made a new transition in our lives. We are officially... The millennial rents, baby. We are parents. We are actually parents. It's so surreal for me to say that I'm a mom. I don't know if it's sunk in yet for you, Damien, that you're an actual dad. I don't know if it'll ever really sink (laughs) in, you know. (laughs) You have somebody's um, whole life in your hands right now. So it's very surreal to think that I am responsible for this baby now. This is, she's mine. She's, anything that happens to her is under my responsibility. Well, I'm glad you're taking that because (laughs) I wasn't finished. Mine and Damien's responsibility. (laughs) So, um, but this is a special episode because we are going to be sharing our birth story. We're going to start season two where it began, which is right at the birth story. And a lot of times I hear moms and dads say that they, over time, because so much happens with a newborn and all these milestones and everything, it's really hard to remember what happened the day you gave birth to your baby. And so I think this is really cool that we have this episode to not only share it with you guys, but to kind of just for keepsake. Yeah, I agree. And, and I also think that, 
you know, we had a really, really great birth experience, but it was a little bit of a roller coaster ride here and there. So I'm really, really excited to to talk about this and get this out. Like I, I, I told Lizette and her parents the other day when we were at dinner, I was like, now that that whole thing is over, it was so amazing and it was so much fun. And Lizette, like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Like, but I don't know. It's just now that I'm not in the uncomfortableness and everything like that of being in a hospital and being unknown of what's going to happen and stuff. I really feel like it was just uh, uh, the greatest experience of my life. And I really didn't think I was going to say that about like the actual labor part. I thought it was going to be like just terribly scary and just like, you know, like Mm -hmm. life changing in a horrifying way. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. now I'm like just so excited to talk about this with everybody. So, um. Yeah. Where where do you want to start, lovely lady? Well, um, so it's been, I think it's been three weeks since we recorded. And I think we recorded right before my 40-week appointment, which is where everything started, the ball really started to get rolling. Um, so I, Maya was born, um, we'll start on what day she was born. Damien, do you remember? She was born on May 20th, the Thursday. Thursday, May 20th. The day after her birthday or her due date. Due date, yeah, excuse yes. Yes. So she was born Thursday, May 20th at 5.03 p.m. And she came at 40 weeks in one day. So um, it all started with my 40-week appointment, which I thought that I wasn't going to make it to. But I did. I had an appointment with my OB at 40 weeks at 11 a.m. And um, I went in there to get checked. And I was still about like one and a half centimeters. And I was going back and forth with my aunt, the labor and delivery nurse. And she had suggested to do another membrane sweep. And if you guys remember from the other episode, I was terrified of the membrane sweep and I did not want to do it again. Right. But we were so anxious. We were like, <laughs> hey, like you might have to accept that. And then <laughs> at but, least that's how I was feeling. I was ready for baby. <laughs> but luckily, and from what you read, it says that it does, it can take more than one rem- membrane sweep to work. But um, knowing the experience that I had for the first one, I did tell the OB because she offered if I wanted to have a membrane sweep. And I told her, uh, it really hurt last time. And I don't know if I'm down for that again. And she completely understood and was very cautious for this next round. And there she is. There's Maya. So I opted or elected to do another membrane sweep and that is exactly that's what game time that's when that's when you know we hit the game winning three and it was it was on to the next round i guess yeah that was that was that was it um i my body definitely reacted this time it wasn't shortly after maybe like an hour or two after that i started feeling really crampy and um throughout that day i was just kind of pooped like it kind of wiped me out and I was stuck on the couch. I kept taking naps and I was waking up from my naps from feeling crampy, which ended up being contractions. So, um, but again, throughout that whole day, the contractions were coming, but they were very far apart. And I think that's when we started timing them, right, mm-hmm. Damien? Yeah. That's when we were actually able to 
consistently get enough to like really yeah. see some, to take, some consistency. Yeah, to take the contraction timer app out and actually, you know, um, time them. So, but they were still pretty far apart, right. like 25, 30 minutes apart, and they were lasting for like a minute. And um, I was definitely losing a lot of more membrane stuff, mucus stuffy that was coming out, which was all what she prepared me to feel and experience. And then it, typically throughout this whole pregnancy, I feel like the nighttime is like prime time for her. Yeah. Everything oh, yeah. happens at night. Yeah, she's a night owl for sure. <laughs> Everything, all the weird stuff and all the crazy false alarms that we had, I've always right. been at night. And when the night fell. And even, I was going to say, also, even now that she's been born, you guys are kind of lucky she's awake right now because she <laughs> is now just she's getting. She's adjusting. Yeah. yeah, she's now just getting used to being up during the daytime. So yeah. you guys got a little lucky. Yeah, which we will definitely share our journey through the first few weeks with a newborn in the next episode but um wednesday night is when things really started to kind of ramp up labor was definitely in full effect by that time um i was having contractions closer and closer 15 minutes apart then it became 11 minutes apart and then like nine minutes and then so yeah this all happened around like you know eight nine ten ish or i would say eight eight nine o'clock eight nine o'clock i would say like it really started getting close like i was in the shower trying to labor in the shower probably like at 7 p.m perfect yeah Yeah. so at 7 p.m this is where all this starts to happen now mind we have an incredible doula in her aunt pretty much (laughs) that we have on like non-stop tap you know speed dial and we were talking to her the whole time and you know, telling her our experience and what's happening at this point. And she's like, yeah, Lizette, okay, yeah, it's time to go. Like, it's time to freaking go. And I'm like, okay, well, as soon as she says that, I'm like, let's go. Like, I'm grabbing bags. I'm putting them in the car and everything. And Lizette's still sitting on the couch. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, ah, I want to wait a little bit longer. I was just, I, I kept saying a few more cycles of contractions and then we'll go. I really wanted to make sure that we weren't going to be turned away. Yeah. So a few more cycles <laughs> of contractions ended up lasting us till about, what, 9.30, 10 o'clock? Yeah, about 10 o'clock. So yeah. 10 o'clock is when she finally was like, all right, this is getting ridiculous and now I'm ready to go. So that was those three hours were, you know, that was when the anxiety started to really build for me because I was like, wow, it's like actually happening now. You know what I mean? And Liz- I felt like Lizette was holding me back from getting my baby. <laughs> so um, so I was like, let's go, let's go. And she was like, no, I don't want to be wrong this time. I don't want to be wrong this time. Like, we got to hold it out a little bit longer. So which, we stuck it out. Which they say you shouldn't go to the hospital until they're five minutes apart. And they're a minute long and you've been having consistent five minute apart, a minute long contractions for an hour. The five one one rule, which I kind of was having that, but it was like not really like five minutes every five minutes. It would be like five minutes or it would be seven minutes or it would be three minutes or it would. So it was kind of like, I don't want to waste our time. and And then end up getting to the triage and have to wait. An hour or two or whatever. So it was actually great that we did wait because pretty much as soon as we got there, things got rolling, you know, quickly. And it was it was way better than having to 
yeah. sit in triage or sit in the lobby and wait for more contractions or whatever. So I will say that, you know, yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was probably a, the better decision to do that. Right. Which for those of you who are wondering what contractions feel like, I'll try my best to describe it later on in the episode. But um, we'll, as we continue with the birth story, then we can talk about what contractions feel like. But obviously, they were strong enough to where I couldn't drive to the hospital. So um, Damien drove. And Lizette and- is like the most fearful in the world of me driving. <laughs> so that just lets you know how painful it must have been because <laughs> Lizette would, le- would rather <laughs> drive with her no hand. I don't know. Lizette <laughs> is not normally <laughs> willing to let me drive. So it was it was an interest, interest, interesting situation to, to see her be like, all right, no, you got you to gotta do this. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, and this is a really big, for those of you, for those of you, for those moms who have not given birth and are, like, terrified of pain and want, are, like, already set, hard set on, like, I want an epidural as soon as I feel something, please listen to this part because it is something that was a little wide it was, you know, it's eye-opening for me to see the process of how you go into spontaneous labor when you're not scheduled. Oh, which, by the way, we were scheduled for an induction. Oh yeah, yeah. On we were. Thursday, yeah. the day that she was born, we were scheduled for an induction at 11 p.m. So right. if she didn't come on that day, <laughs> then we were gonna get induced on Thursday at 11 p.m. But Maya decided that she would come on her own, which is everything that I prayed for because I did not want to be induced. So she definitely was listening to me because I did not want to be induced. But anyways, fast forward, we get to um, we get to the hospital and lo and behold, the lady that checks us in was the nurse, the same exact nurse that we had our last false alarm and when i saw her face when i checked in i kind of just it kind of was like oh my gosh she's gonna send me back home i know she is even though she was like no ill intention it was just brought me back to her telling me that my water didn't break i just need to go back home because as soon as i saw her face and and she was like oh wait don't i know you guys (laughs) as soon as we walked up she's like you guys look familiar and i was like oh great we're freaking frequent flyers we're just gonna go home (laughs) (laughs) so she was like did your water break for real this time and i was like no it didn't break and she's like but we're feeling contractions and I was like, yes, we're feeling contractions. They're about five to seven minutes apart. And so, yeah. So we checked in. And this is where you guys, moms who have not given birth and are like, I don't want to feel anything. It takes a long time to get an epidural from the moment if you go to spontaneous labor. Because you go to triage first. And in triage, they don't give you anything. They just kind of, you know. You kind of just wait around until you get to your labor room. Yeah. Um, so Which our triage experience was uh, quite interesting, too. Cause, yeah. Uh, one of our neighbors were, like, going through it. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. going through it. Um, so that yep. was quite scary for me because I was like, is that how Lizette's going to be? Yeah. This lady in the next room was 
She was feeling everything. I- At one point, she was like trying to fight them to let her go home. I was like, girl, why are you trying to go home right now? <laughs> trying to deliver it in a bathtub or something? Yeah, she was definitely feeling it and yeah it was rough it was yeah we but heard. we hope for the best for her we don't we don't know how that turned out or whatever but yeah and for me to me i was like more power to you girl because when i'm in pain i'm letting it all out too like i'm not trying to be quiet hold my breath in and <laughs> act like nothing's going on no the whole hospital is gonna know that i'm in pain <laughs> so um but anyways we get to triage and we wait in the lobby for a little bit. Um, it apparently was a busy day and we'll tell you a little bit about what we learned. Hashtag party at the birch. <laughs> <laughs> what we learned um, after Maya delivered, how many babies were delivered on the same day as her. But um, as soon as we got into triage, I got checked by the nurse. She checked my cervix and she goes, okay, so you're about two centimeters and then oh my gosh your water just broke literally (laughs) your water just broke oh okay yeah we're going that's pretty much how it worked (laughs) like there we go there's our automatic check-in to labor and delivery and um i'm glad that i was able to feel my water break because sometimes you know some women can't feel it but i definitely felt it and it felt like you know it wasn't like a really big pop gush but i definitely felt like a slight pop and warm water just coming down and um what i didn't realize was that it actually gave me a lot of relief i was telling damien after my water broke i felt like a huge relief of pressure and you can imagine there's a big sack of water that just broke (laughs) so i felt a huge release of pressure, but then I kept thinking, oh, man, this is when the contractions are really going to start coming because that's what they say. Once your water breaks, the contractions come and they get stronger and stronger. So we got our ticket to go in. So I think it took like maybe an hour maybe or two hours till we got to go upstairs. Was it really that long? I don't know. I don't think it was that long. I think maybe an hour. Well, I think I wrote in my um, my phone that my water broke around 11 something at night. Um, and then we ended up going upstairs probably like about an hour later, I would say. I feel like at that time, everything was already moving so fast that time was like either yeah. super fast or super slow. You know what I mean? It's like irrelevant at that point. <laughs> and I definitely could compare my water actually breaking to the false alarms. Yes, the water does continuously just keeps coming. It doesn't stop. So that was the main difference (laughs) between the false alarms and it actually breaking. But I mean, really, other than that, is is there like really a way you could tell a a mother-to-be or whatnot, like if they could tell from the false alarm or not? Like, yeah, I mean, is- yeah, it's it does not stop. So if you're continuously leaking for more than 20 minutes, that's not pee. That's actual yeah. water coming down. And I'm also <laughs> afraid it wouldn't be a leak, would it? It's more well, of a gush, I mean, right? no, some people have a gush. Some people just have a leak. So 
that's the biggest misconception that it's like a huge gush when really it's not. It could just be a little trickle, but it doesn't stop. Gotcha. So I think that's what the main difference was. But this whole time I'm contracting and we're being monitored through the monitor. Um, and Maya was doing great through all the contractions. But definitely after the waters broke, the contractions did get stronger. Even though there was a relief of pressure, it did get stronger. So we went upstairs. And Damien, what's going through your mind as we're being wheeled into finally labor and delivery? We've made it past level, what, one? I think level one is triage. So we made it past the... Level one of the game. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> actually, you have to actually go up to a new floor when this happens. So it's like, you know, you're actually hitting this new level, you know. But um, for me at this time, I think I think that I was still a little more calm than I should have been. Or not should have been. I just think I was still really calm because I still feel like, I still felt like we were still pretty far away from everything. You know what I mean? But I will say as a mom, calm is like everything that you need. You need everything to be calm. Right. So you being as calm as you are really helped me take care of myself. And I I also, you know, I got great, great advice from from our wonderful doula, her aunt. (laughs) And she like literally before we went, like maybe like an hour. Well, whenever we were talking to her through the contractions around like, like I said, eight, nine o'clock, she actually kind of gave me like a quick little like breathing class on like, you know, how I should be, you know, instructing Uh, Lizette on breathing and how I should be breathing with her and stuff like that. And for for all the guys out there, you know, new dads and stuff like that um, or dads to be, I would say it's extremely, extremely hard to, uh, to do it and like, you know, not feel, I don't know, goofy or embarrassed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, but for me, you know, I'm the coolest person in the world. So I just put, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, I, um, I, it was, it's embarrassing. Like, you know, like even just to having her on the phone and then like, you know, kind of like copying, you know, the sounds and the things she were, she was <laughs> doing. It was, it was very, very hard, but you know, you have to accept it, guys. You know what I'm saying? And and, and let, you know what I'm saying? Let the coolness be, like, go now. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're about to be dads. We're about to have fat bellies and be rocking new balances. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. But, um, but let it go. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about being cool. It's about being as supportive as possible and, 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 you know, doing your part. Like, I'm not actually pushing a baby out or I don't actually have to feel the pain. So, is it really embarrassing for me to, you know, make some breathing sounds and some, you know, some... I don't know what to call it, but to help her, yeah. I don't think so, you know. So on the phone, I did the sounds and I asked her, like, how are you How are you getting those sounds to come out and things like that? And I thought it was, like, tremendous, tremendous to have her and everything like that. But now let me explain something to y'all. When we got to the hospital, <laughs> I'm trying to do this thing with Lizette and she is not paying me any attention. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up because... I do remember the phone call being at home with my, and I was in the middle of contractions while we're on the phone too. So we, she kind of, and she knew I was contracting. I didn't have to tell her, but um, it did, it really does help. And I'm like an audible person. So when people say like, oh, what's your type of coaching style or whatever? I really like it when people are like, 
in my face, vocal. you know, right. vocal and really trying to push me. Um, so it helped. It was it's, it's a little bit different because you're here to try to just remind me to relax yeah, yeah. when really I want to just like let it all out and be like, oh, like, but really I'm supposed to relax. So the breathing part for me was a little bit different. Um, and I will say that, yes, it does help to breathe through them. But at times I just wanted to like punch something or squeeze right. something or yell at something. Right. And then I will say this, like, even though I had to embarrass myself and do this breathing and stuff like that. And even though she wasn't doing it with me and, and her aunt said she would be, <laughs> I still definitely saw like every time I would do it, I saw Lizette get like some like, you know, moxie about it. And I saw her her attitude and her her motivation i guess or i don't know what exactly the word i'm mm-hmm. looking for but it definitely changed her active breathing and, and stuff like that so it wasn't she wasn't mimicking and copying and going with me but i feel like she saw that i was trying and that i was supporting so it you know gave her like motivation and it gave her like a determination to you know do her things that worked for her and and that's what everybody has to realize especially guys when you take all these classes and stuff, they're going to give you all these different things. They're going to give you these horse lips. They're going to give you all these tips and all this stuff. And and and, and moms too. They're going to give you all these things. But what you really got to do is you got to figure out which one of those things will work for you. Because mm-hmm. these things aren't like, it's not like, a, this is not like natural to the body that, that the, the reason why these things work. It's just coping mechanisms. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. everybody is different. And that's the, that's what I wanted to say is like, figure out what works for you first of all dads don't be so like stuck in the classes and and what you learned and like oh Mm -hmm. we have to do it like this we have to do it like this you know what i mean because it's not about that you know what i mean those classes are there to to, to give you techniques and to give you um you know tools tools yeah yeah yeah. but you got to figure out which ones work for you and you got to use the ones that work so um just be there be supportive if you're embarrassing yourself no one cares i mean i feel like by me just doing that stuff everybody was like oh you did so great in there you were you 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 did so great i'm like I didn't do shit. I don't know what y'all are talking about. (laughs) Which which I I will say, back to Damien's point, doing whatever works for you. A lot of moms, they like to be in different positions when they're contracting. Some like like to lay down. Some can't lay down. Some like to stand up. Some like to sit. For me, it was being on all fours, like on my knees and like hunched over. And the best thing that Damien could ever do was apply pressure on my back my low back that was like that really really helped through the contractions and I think that was probably the best thing that was for me I I could say um was the pressure on my low back as I was going through contractions um and I could not sit I could not stand really um it was more or lay down it was more i had to be on all fours with pressure on my back and as soon as one came he already knew i would fall to my knees and lean over and kind of hang on to the couch and automatically it was like put pressure on my back start the breathing so so you also need to know the techniques too, so that when you're going through it, you can try a few different things mm-hmm. and then find your thing, you know. So, no know, knowing what would help, what 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 things help is is the key, and then 
then when you're in the process, yeah, going through them and then finding out which one works for you. Yeah. And I think that was what the huge adjustment for going to the hospital was, was that I couldn't really be on all fours like I was at home through the contractions. I was having to like obviously lay in the bed or stand. She did give me the yoga ball towards the end of like, and I'll tell you when I asked for the epidural and all of that, but like it wasn't the same as laboring at home. And I wish I probably would have labored a little bit longer at home because honestly, the contractions were a lot easier at home. And I don't know if that's because my water broke or whatever, but at least coping with them was a lot easier at home. Yeah. Then we would have had uh, water all over the carpet of the bed. So, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I mean, give or take, whatever. Who knows if it would have broken? I don't know. But anyways, the contractions were definitely a lot easier to cope at home than in the hospital. Because, again, they're trying to ask you all of these questions. They're trying to do all of these tests and everything. And you're just like anticipating the next contraction. And then if it happens, you have to pause and deal with that. And it's just a lot. And you can't really change positions while they're doing all of this stuff so it was definitely better at home um go ahead another quick tip i'll give you guys um is is and this is this might be a little bit early or a little bit late in the conversation to say this but um have all your paperwork and all that stuff accessible but not only that i took a binder and a folder to keep everything organized too because it ends up being a lot more paperwork and things like that. Yeah. And I I it would have it would have been it would have been not good to not have the folder in the binder because either you're gonna have all these crumpled up papers in your bags or or you're gonna lose them or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um I, I didn't even expect really to have all that paperwork and stuff like that. I just had my I had my backpack which you know what I mean I have all my work stuff in there and I had a binder that I already had for the for the baby and everything like that that you know had our birth plan and stuff like that in it. Um, but I didn't really expect to like need like an actual binder or folder or anything like that. But it ended up coming in like so much like it it, mm-hmm. came, it was incredible. And I mean, even to this point now, I feel like Lizette's putting all of our paperwork and everything that we need for her in this binder and in this folder. So it's now just keeping us extremely, extremely organized when it comes to like medical documents, paperwork, yeah, even even her, even her uh, her doc, her uh, hospital Mm-hmm. Uh, bands Discharge, and stuff like yeah, that. yeah, all that stuff, all that stuff we put in there. So it's, I think it's an incredible way to stay healthy, stay or, I mean, stay organized <laughs> with everything, and um, and all this stuff is gonna be like a uh, keepsakes and stuff like that too. So you know, I think that w- that that's a good way to keep things organized because you are gonna have a lot going on. You're gonna have bags with clothes mm-hmm. in it. You're gonna have, you know what I mean? It's just a lot. So which, by the way, later on we needed that exact paperwork, and if we didn't have. It organized, you yeah. gotta look through everything, find it, you know what I mean? So yeah. um so that is something important. Get a binder, get a folder specifically for that and and uh keep everything in there and, and, and keep it organized. Yeah, that was really clutch. And then also um they ask a whole bunch of stuff like health questionnaires and if me i was going through contractions damien had to do all of that answering all of that so it was really good for him to know and feel comfortable with answering everything um so that was great but on to the birth story so as you guys know i was really hoping to not do an epidural and i think this was one of the first like turns in my labor whoa, 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 we're, we're going a little fast what we i wanted to talk about the whole like 
nursing situation with the with oh. the vein and all. I, like we need to go yeah. into that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash anybody <laughs> or anything like that. I'm gonna keep it you know G rated and everything. But which, by the that. way, overall, I will say. We had the most amazing experience at Seriously. Mary Birch, but of course it can't be perfect. So we'll it was, it was, it was pretty perfect. It was, it was almost perfect. perfect. Yeah. But we did have a little <laughs> scenario where we, you know, uh, at the beginning of our whole oh experience, gosh. like literally the oh first time gosh. we go into our room and everything like that. Yeah. I, you have, to, I have to be hooked up to an IV. And what I wish I would have known was that. They could have placed the IV like on my forearm rather than my hand. Yeah. Make sure you get it on the forearm yes. over the hand because it becomes too difficult to move to do anything and painful. Yeah. So go ahead, Damien. You can tell the story. Yeah. So from there, she needed an IV in and um, we had two nurses. They were younger nurses. They were, they, you know. Well, we had our real nurse and then one came in uh, in the helper. middle yeah. of this to yeah. help yeah so just our, to help yeah <laughs> so um our our nurse had the the assistant nurse or the helper try and put the iv into lizette's veins while so. she was getting all the paperwork and right. the questionnaire set up she had this other nurse help with right. the iv and um this nurse couldn't find her uh, a vein or a good place to put the IV on her left side. So then she goes to the right side and proceeds to struggle for <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. Oh my God. But the struggle was not to find a this vein. This was actually probably the most painful part of my labor. I'm not even kidding. This was probably the most painful. It was most, the more, more painful than anything else that I've felt. Yeah. So she was looking for a vein, but Unfortunately, she already had the needle like inside of Lizette and was like searching for it while like, I don't know. It was very interesting. And was on a nerve. And every time she moved, poked, did anything, my arm was literally burning and tingling and just like. And she kept moving. She kept trying. She was trying for a long time. To get this th- this freaking needle in my vein, which right. was not in a vein at and, all. And then all of a sudden she says, oh, the vein doesn't want to participate. And then <laughs> we'll pulls have, the needle out. And says, unfortunately, I'm sorry. We're going to have to do this again. And for me, okay, so I wanted to be the one, you know, screaming. And like, I literally wanted to say some things to her, but I knew that I needed to keep positive vibes in the room. And I understand as a healthcare, you know, you're going to have a healthcare professional so young. She was young. Yeah. You're going to have these, you know. And she it, she was, she was definitely was putting a little pressure on herself to get it done. And I think yeah. that was causing her a little bit more. And come to like, now that I think about it, I feel like she wasn't very confident in doing it in the first place because right. she did, it I, seemed I like she had issues Right. Yeah. Whenever the girl first asked her if she wanted to do it, I kind of, I kind of yeah. felt like she was already kind of like, I Hesitant. mean, if you want to do the paperwork, yeah. then I can do it or whatever. But yeah. So, um, but who that was freaking painful, right. and I was having contractions. But I think that I wasn't even thinking about the contractions because that's exactly that's just how painful it was. Right. 
so then our actual nurse and it's still sore uh, to this day <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then so our actual nurse ended up uh just swapping in the uh, um, the assistant ended up going to the computer and doing the paperwork while our nurse went back to the left arm, which originally was the arm that she said she couldn't find one in and got the needle in in about 30 seconds. Not even like <laughs> one poke. I was so thankful that it was they swapped because whew, I did not want her to try on the other side and not be able to get it. But but it was still in a bad place, though. Yeah, it, it wasn't in still my in forearm. Place. Yeah. So, so and then the nurse at the postpartum recovery room told us that next time right. if you ever come back just tell them to put it in your forearm. Yeah, so that's important. Remember that try and get your IV in your forearm because it becomes extremely hard to move, <laughs> extremely hard to do anything if it's in your hand or on your wrist wrist or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was on my wrist, yeah. Yeah. So um so now let's 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 progress now. So <laughs> our great nurse who fixed the IV she so yeah so now it's like okay we're just gonna leave you in here if you need any pain meds let me know i'm just a button away and she explained the different types of pain medications that were available for us and all of that stuff um but as you guys know i was really hoping for a medication free delivery um and for me, that was something that I told myself that I would try my hardest to do. And when it got to a point to where, you know, I can't really do this anymore or I want to be able to rest, um, I wanted to be able to relax and just kind of, you know, enjoy as much as I can and, you know, be have my body feeling okay then i would be you know then i would get an epidural i wasn't going to like be a martyr or anything but i did cry i cried to damien because i didn't want to i really was trying to fight it and he did such a great job talking me through and looking me into my eyes and telling me lizette if you want an epidural get the epidural there's no reason to be in pain if they have something right. to help you with the pain, take it. It's, you know. Right. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> we don't have to, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not, we don't have to do that. You know, at the end of the day, the whole epidural thing for me, I only didn't want it because, you know, all the, you know, fentanyl talks and then all the, you know, it going into the spine. It's just, you know, it, it these, these uh, doctors are they're incredible at their job, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're, the chances that they mess it up are really, really slim. But I, I, me personally, it was just something about it to me that was just the, you know, a little scary. But at the same time, like I said, I, you know, I, I definitely understand if you need it. And again, it's these guys are professionals. You know what I'm saying? They, they, yeah, they should be, you know, great at their job. And 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 you have to trust that, you know, when you pick your 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 uh, hospital and. You have to trust that they, that these people are great at their job, and that you know what I'm saying no one's skipped right. their their certification. Besides that nurse like that. that didn't know how. To, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, and yeah, we talked to my aunt about it, and she was like, "Yeah, get an epidural." My uncle, who works in the labor and delivery room too, was like, "You're crazy. Just get an epidural if you need it. It's there. There's a reason for it." And so. After a couple of hours of being up into in the labor and delivery room, I was like, you know what? It's time. 
to get an epidural. So I told my nurse that I want the epidural. And luckily, the anesthesiologist came in pretty quickly. I would say like 15 minutes maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, Damien, you can talk about the experience of watching me get an epidural. Well, you didn't really see. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really see the, um, you know, the actual. They made him sit on the opposite side of me, not facing my back facing my face Mm -hmm. and i think that was a good idea Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so i didn't see much i i I did you know i obviously kept my eyes on everything i could see and the doctor again he he seemed calm cool collected he seemed like you know oh i've done this a million times and that makes you feel comfortable you know what i mean he's not making any like grimaces or faces like anything is not going right so that you know makes you feel a little bit more comfortable and everything like that too um, but it's a very interesting situation because they sit her up. Yeah, while they, you're contracting. And I just told you guys, I did not like to be sitting while I'm contracting. So that's another thing to think about, too, is when you're thinking about getting an epidural, you do have to get into a certain position and you have to be still. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the whole time we were preparing, I was just hoping, please don't have a contraction right now. Please don't have a contraction right now because, you know, it's... Not, she might not be able to stay in that position <laughs> yeah. or something. Um, and the nice thing about contractions is that you can feel it when it's coming. So anytime I did, I would let them know, okay, like not right now, right now, not right now. <laughs> um, but he was pretty good at prepping pretty fast. And the nurse was very nice. And she told me, squeeze my hand, hold my hand um, while they were doing it. And all I felt was... When they numbed me through the numbing part, I did feel burning through my back, like as he was injecting the medicine to numb me up. I did feel it burn. Um, and then that was it. That's all I felt for the epidural. And it kind of, it did, it did, it did kick in. I would probably say about 15 minutes after it kicked in because I did feel a couple more contractions after. And I was like telling them, uh, I still feel it. And she's like, don't worry. <laughs> um, it'll kick in. And another tip for you guys is that if you get an epidural, it works with gravity. So yeah. it's important when you're laying down because obviously you can't walk anymore. As soon as you get an epidural, you're pretty much bed rested. But it's important if you're baby can tolerate it for you to switch positions every 30 minutes if you're not asleep from side to side to make sure that the epidural is working and like going through your body and getting everywhere because it works through gravity and switching sides also helps the baby get into the right position um so yeah we'll talk about that more later but the epidural was wonderful it worked And we'll talk about how it worked later on, but it worked and it really helped me relax. And I was so happy after taking it. I was able to take short little naps here and there, but I was just way too excited to even take a nap. But at least I wasn't in pain through my contractions. Damien was able to sleep. You took a nap after my epidural. Yeah, you did. (laughs) <laughs> no more no more of those awkward breathing sounds anymore for him. He was able to take a nap and so that was good because he needed to conserve his energy too. Um But apparently while I was napping, 
we got some news, right? Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> you were napping. Um, so as he was napping, again, when your water breaks, you don't want them checking you too much because that could lead to an infection if they're in there too much. So um, my nurse, she ended up checking me right before her shift was about to end. <laughs> and... I was so happy when she told me this news. She checks me, and this was when she checks me to see if it's time to start Pitocin. So Pitocin is the medication that is the synthetic hormone that gets things really going, gets contractions going if you want to progress your labor faster. And she was checking me to see how far along I am, how dilated I am. And if I'm dilated enough, then we don't really need to start Pitocin. I can keep laboring on my own. But if not, then since my water broke, we don't want the water broken for too long. So Pitocin should be starting. So anyways, she checks me and she goes, wow, you're seven centimeters. Now, mind you, I was two centimeters when I went to triage. So going from two to five or two to seven centimeters, five centimeters in less than eight hours was a huge. Right. We thought we thought we were going to be like having a baby in like huge five minutes win. or something. No, she literally told me you're going to have this baby. So she checked me at like 530 before her shift in the morning before this is Thursday morning now. She goes, you're going to have this baby probably early morning, like noon, maybe 11, noonish. No, they said early morning. They said like 10, 10, whatever. Yeah, like 9, 10. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And she goes, no need to start Pitocin. You're like already laboring well on your own. And I told my mom that I would call her as soon as I got to seven centimeters, I would call her to come yeah and, and then be also, in the room also you, me and lizette already had this conversation about when, when i wanted maya to come and i wanted maya <laughs> to come around 9 10 a.m <laughs> so. yeah so it was all working in our favor we were like wow this is just this is way too good to be true and lo and behold it was way too good to be true way too good to be true what <laughs> so, happened lizette? what happened next lizette <laughs> so i call my mom and she comes to the hospital within 30 minutes she's there And I told her, I said, mom, I'm seven centimeters. I am going to have this baby by early morning. She was supposed to go into work that day and work a half day. But I said, there's no need to go into work anymore. Just come straight to this hospital. We're having this baby soon. So she comes and at about 730 in the morning is when the absolute best labor and deliver there's not enough words (laughs) there are not enough words to say how thankful i am for this woman i've never seen someone (laughs) work so hard and be so good at their job other than michael jordan or kobe bryant (laughs) this lady was on her ish she was great the goat she she seriously was like a yumi i I, I don't know how someone could like literally work and do the job every day like she does but obviously she does because Yes. She was just she, as, let me explain it like this. As soon as she her shift started, she came in and did like a cyclone clean of the whole room and was like 
literally like, oh, let me get you new sheets. Let me get you new pillows. She, she, she was. It was crazy. Like she came in. I don't know. It, it was just incredible. She was. She's my phenomenal. Hero. Yeah. Um. And by the way, when she walked in, she's this short Japanese lady. Her name is Ayumi, and you can hardly understand her. And she walks in, and she goes, "Hi, Ayumi. I'm going to be your nurse." Or like talking really fast. And I was already like, "Oh God, this is my new nurse. Like, this is not going to work. Please, hopefully, this gets better." And boy, was I wrong, because she was the most amazing woman I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, and she just did everything. She was so proactive. I didn't have to ask any questions. Anything that I thought I was going to need to request that my aunt told me, make sure they move you every 30 minutes. Make sure they prop your leg up all the way. Make sure you're onto your side all the way and make sure you don't stay longer than 30 minutes in one position. Everything that she told me that I would need to tell the nurse to do, Ayumi just did it and way more without even without me even lifting up a finger. I never had to request her for anything. She was literally in my room checking on me all the time, making sure that everything was okay. She was incredible. Making sure that Damien was okay. He she was coaching him too. It was just absolutely amazing. She was incredible. So, but unfortunately, she was the one who had to deliver us the yes. news. Yes. <laughs> So in she, her head, like when she found out herself, she's just like shaking her head like, yeah. And we're like, wait, 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 what was going on? What's going on? <laughs> so again, I told her when she walked in, I'm seven centimeters and I was checked about like three hours ago almost. She goes, okay, I'll check you when it's four hours because they don't want to check you too much. So I'm like, okay. So the four hour mark comes, she checks and I'm like super excited because you know, we're almost there. And she checks me and she shakes. She immediately shakes her head in like the biggest disbelief. And I'm like, what? No, no, no. This is the quote. This is the quote. Who told you you were seven centimeters? <laughs> That's exactly what she said. And I'm like, what do you mean? Who told me? My nurse told me. I don't. I, my I was nurse- like, I jumped in there and I told her what you mean. <laughs> I was like, my nurse before you told me that I was seven centimeters and she just goes, oh, oh my goodness. And kept shaking her head, shaking her head. And my mom was like, she's not seven centimeters, huh? And she was like, no, no. And my mom goes, she's more like four, huh? And you mean like, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. She was like, yes, exactly. You're four centimeters. And I was so distraught. Like, how could you be off by three centimeters? Three centimeters. I can understand one, maybe two, but three whole centimeters. Right. And well, yeah. What, well, explain explain what, what what the problem with this. Well, the problem is is that you don't want your water to be broken for a long time, and. Had I been four centimeters or however long ago or however far along I was when she checked me originally, we would have started Pitocin and we could have progressed 
these and got to actually nine ten o'clock yeah and we would have started the pitocin at five o'clock in the morning so by the time she checked me at nine o'clock i caught probably could have been at seven eight centimeters and you know be well on our way mm-hmm. and but since she thought i was at seven centimeters we never started pitocin so as soon as Ayumi checked me and I was four centimeters, we started the Pitocin drip. So, and I was very scared with Pitocin. I've heard horror stories about Pitocin, but I also did my research and I listened to Dr. Nicole Rankin's episode on all the ways to induce. And she explained perfectly on the protocols for um administering pitocin and all of that and how you're not you're not supposed to start off strong they can only do it at two 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 increments at a time or whatever and so i knew everything that would had to happen with the pitocin but again ayumi she explained everything without me even asking and she explained exactly what dr nicole rankins told me and i was i felt so safe in her hands so once the Pitocin started, that's when things really started going. And Maya was taking each contraction perfectly. Her heart rate was perfect. Nothing was going crazy in there. So we were blessed to have that. And I will say the contractions on the monitor were a lot stronger. So yeah. I'm glad I had the epidural because... Those contractions were looking crazy on the monitor. And um, so I'm glad I had that. But the epidural did wear off. Or the gravity. Yeah. The gravity of the situation. Yeah. My epidural was all in my legs because I had I did take a nap. And Ayumi didn't move me when I was sleeping because she wanted me to rest, which is something that you're supposed to do. But... Unfortunately, since I wasn't moving different positions, the epidural just went straight to my legs and I was feeling everything other than my legs. And I felt a really, really big contraction. And I remember Damien and my mom were there helping me through that contraction. But that contraction lasted for almost two minutes. And Ayumi even said, I don't want to see a contraction like that ever again. So she dropped the Pitocin down because it was too strong. She was very proactive. She would go up and down or she would stay at a certain level of Pitocin before she increased to see how my body reacted to make sure Maya was reacting okay so that it wasn't too much on me or her. And it worked out perfectly. But I did end up having to get another dose in my epidural. Right, Damien? Yeah, you did. Um, so, anyways, once that second dose came in, I was feeling fine. And then at about around 3 o'clock or so, I started shivering. Game Can time. Talk? <laughs> <laughs> so, I had read that you... When it's time to push, you start shivering. Your body just starts shivering uncontrollably. And I was like, that's something weird. That probably won't happen to me. But I wonder if that's true. And it was so true. Right. And again, <laughs> Ayumi saw the shivering. 
and was yeah. like, all right, time to roll now. Yeah. You know, she got the chair out, was ready to go. Which, by the way, when she saw how distraught I was about the seven centimeters, she told me, she's like, we're, we're going to have this baby before my shift ends. I could feel it. I just right. know it. And she was right. And I believed her and she was right. But anyways, she came back from her lunch break. And she's like, the nurse told me you're shivering. I'm like, yeah, I can't control it. I'm not cold, but I can't control it. And she goes, oh, let me check you. You might be ready. And so she checked me and we got the magic number. What's the magic number, Damien? 10? Is it 10? Yeah. Yeah, 10. She's like, whoa, you're 10 centimeters. You're ready. And so that just. And then, like I said, that's whenever she started. She went in her mode again. <laughs> Yumi goes in this like mode. It's like uh, it's like crunch time, you know, yeah, like clutch. She gets in her zone. Yeah, she's like in her zone, and then like at that point, like she's not really like talking to anybody. She's like mm -hmm. moving, moving, and grooving, and and yep. And, and I'll never falling. forget. It was three o'clock, and she goes, "Okay, at three forty, we're gonna start pushing." And mm -hmm. I'm like, "Dang, forty minutes! It feels like a long time, but no." Whew. <laughs> And so she was getting everything ready, the table, all of that. Warmer for the baby. the baby. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, I just start bawling, crying. Damien, do you remember that? Uh, did you? Uh, bawling, crying. I start bawling, mm -hmm. crying. <laughs> I start bawling, crying because it was time to push. I knew I was going to meet my baby soon. And I just start crying because I'm excited. I'm like... It just was such a ball of emotions. And my dad called, and then I just started crying. And Damien was literally, like, doing jumping jacks. He was, like, trying to get... I don't remember it was like right he was, It was like he was getting ready for a game. It was game time, really. Because Ayumi kept telling me, you need to save your energy to push. It might take hours. It could take two to five hours right. pushing. So save your energy. And for me, just this big, huge rush of emotions came over me. And I was just bawling, crying, because I knew that it was getting to that time where it was my turn to start doing the work. Ayumi had been doing everything. And she even told me, she's like, all right, now it's your turn to do, to get this baby out. Your turn to help me. <laughs> so, again... Ayumi is so incredible. She pretty much delivered this baby. Into, I'm not, I'm, I, and I'm not taking anything from the doctors or anything like that. Doctors did end up coming, but Ayumi really pretty much handled what 95 percent of the. I would say 98. 98% of the... <laughs> or we'll do like the bacteria bottles. 99.9% .9 of yeah. the work. And the doctor did that 0.01% yeah. of the work. So their their nurses are incredibly talented people because like like we said, she literally was doing that like by herself. And again, at, we didn't even tell you guys, we didn't get to this point yet, but the whole party at the Birch, this is where things things start to get a little crazy because... What's happening now is there's 34 other births going on at yes. this time right now. So we learned that there were 34 babies delivered. 35. 35 babies. Including, yeah. Delivered that day. And they have three doctors. So when doctors were coming in, they were coming in fast paced for 30, 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then was gone. And it was literally like a rotating, like, 
it was just getting fast at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, so again, and they said on average they only do like 24, 21 babies a day. But that day, they had 35. Yeah, so... um. So again, you know, Naomi went in her bag. Ayumi. Or Ayumi, excuse me, Naomi. <laughs> excuse me. Naomi <laughs> Osaka. No. Went in her bag, you know, pulled out all the tricks and, you know, handled it, you know. Which, by the way, I wanted to tell Ayumi that I wanted to try to push in different positions. But did I need to tell her that? No, because she's the one who told me, we're going to try different positions. Right. And it was amazing because they tried to just get you to do it on your back when you don't have to deliver a push on your back. You right. can do even with an epidural. So I was like, this woman, just me and her are just like yeah. two and two. And she was just amazing. Yeah. So the pushing began. And this probably was my favorite part of the whole yeah, delivery. so the pushing began, and literally, I mean, by her, like, third or fourth push, I saw a head at that point. <laughs> and Oh, and I did have my labor playlist on. I had my music Oh, yeah. And, going. And <laughs> the funny thing about that, too, is <laughs> Lizette's playlist was Ratchet. <laughs> no, they had Ratchet. It was a mix. It was a mix of Ratchet. She had some Ace Hood on there, so if Ace Hood is on there, it's Ratchet. <laughs> I pretty much had Asad and Indiari. Yeah. So there you go. That tells you about my playlist. So we, so it was interesting. It was very interesting playlist with, you know, her mom in there. Ayumi as our as But our they nurse. knew to not say anything. I yeah. knew my mom wanted to say something about the music, but she knew to bite right. her lip because I need whatever it is I can right. I that'll get me through this. All I knew was that I did not want my water to be broken for very much longer. So I needed to push this baby out soon or we're going to have to end up being a C-section and that's not what I wanted. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to do everything that I can to get this baby out. Right. But she had me push on my back. She had me push on my sides, both sides. And we felt that pushing on my back was the strongest. That's where I felt the most. And by the way, I can feel it. They, I the epidural was still there, but I can feel the pressure. They want you to be able to feel the pressure so that you can know if you're pushing correctly or not. And so the cues that Noemi was giving me were amazing. She told me exactly how to push, which I will say that's not something that I really prepared for during my pregnancy. I never watched any videos or anything on pushing, which I probably sh should have. No, but, you shouldn't have. You did so great. You didn't even need to. <laughs> Ayumi was great on giving me the cues. My mom and Damien were great at holding my legs. My hand uh, was broken at one point, too. She squeezed she, it. She had to tell... Ayumi had to tell Damien, though, to relax. Because <laughs> Damien was kind of pushing on my leg like he was... I was like, I'm going to get this baby out myself. <laughs> but um, mind you, you have to wait for a contraction to come to push. And then you push. Oh, yeah. I didn't wait. I, I didn't wait. I was just like... <laughs> he was just holding my leg up the whole time. She's like, she's all right, like, you calm down now. You can she's like, down. this is the rest period. This is where she's supposed to rest. Put her leg down. <laughs> Um, and then you push for 10 seconds, three times per contraction, and then you rest. And for me, during the rest time, I was just breathing, listening to my music, conserving my energy for the next one. Right. And like I said, Lizette did such a great job pushing. It was, it was like literally the smoothest, fastest birth ever. 
Um, and, and things really, really changed. Cause I, I, I was coaching her too a bit, you know what I'm saying? I was like, Oh my gosh, I see, I saw her head. I saw her head, you know, we're there, right there, you know, but you know, the head will like pop out and it'll like shoot back in, you know what, <laughs> what I mean? So it was like exciting. And I was trying to convey that excitement, but then, you know, the game changer came when we got her a mirror. When yeah, the mirror same. came, Lizette just went into like <laughs> Kawhi Leonard mode, 45 points, <laughs> game six to go to game seven and just yeah. got her out like it like when she got the mirror it was a wrap like Lizette could see that we were at the we were literally like at the finish line you know what I mean so yeah. I mean her pushes became so like motivated so you know just powerful she was feeling it and I, I feel like she it was an adrenaline going because she was starting to see the head too and she was starting mm-hmm. to realize that like you know it, if I just push through this you know we're getting her out you know Oh, and so, yes, I requested a mirror, and that was, like, amazing to not only to see it, but just to, like, see how the effect of my pushing was on her. Like, it was just crazy. Um, But also, I forgot to mention, I did develop a fever, and that was during the pushing phase. Ayumi was checking my temperature regularly and I developed a fever, which indicates an infection. And that's what really, really got me going too, was because I knew that we had an infection going on. I needed this baby out. If I push too long, it could be, you know, could go the wrong way. And so, um, so definitely I will say I did develop an infection during my labor um but yes the mirror was a game changer two pushes in i could see her whole head of hair and that's when ayumi called the doctor in and literally the doctor came in minutes (laughs) came in minutes later there were like three people who came in too and they kept the mirror there and literally in the next two pushes Damien, you can describe how da- how Maya came out. Yeah, Maya shot out with the alien versus predator head. <laughs> I love you, Maya. <laughs> she, yeah, she came out with a cone head. Um, but oh my gosh, immediately they immediately put her to my chest. We did the delayed cord clamping where we, right. we waited for a minute. Yeah, I cut the cord. Damien cut the cord. Maya was on my chest for the whole golden hour. They didn't even weigh her or do anything, do any types yeah, of tests. She got an hour with her on my chest. She got, she pooed and she peed on me. And um, and this is the time where it, I it was, was drenched in sweat at this point. Yes, I mean drenched in sweat. Damien <laughs> looked like he <laughs> played a whole game. Four quarters of basketball. I was drenched as well. I was like, "Listen, I can't, I, I can't let my baby see me like this." I was like, "Yeah, you, sh- you can't hold her like that either." So yeah, yeah I couldn't take my shirt off. I w- if I would have took my shirt off, I would have caught pneumonia or something. <laughs> yeah. So while they're like stitching me up, I did tear. It was a little tear, um, and I de- delivering the placenta and all of that. I told Damien, "You should take a shower yeah. so that." We can so that you will be ready for to hold your baby, and I'm so glad. This is when the roller coaster this started. Is, yeah, I'm so glad he went into the shower at this point because I'm not glad. 
finding out what I found out afterwards, I was like, wow, like I should not have been in the shower. And but maybe it was good for like a, um, you know, a mental, mental. It got scary. It, it got scary yeah. after. It got scary for sure. But I wanted it. I, I if, if just let's just go ahead and then we'll. <laughs> yeah. So after I delivered Maya and while she was on me for the golden hour and the doctor was done stitching me up. Um, Damien was in the shower and all of that stuff. Ayumi was checking my blood pressure and my blood pressure was really, really low, like in the seventies. Um, and she kept wondering why my blood pressure was so low. Didn't you say you could kind of, you could kind of feel her Mm -hmm. energy change and Mm -hmm. you could. And what I liked about Ayumi is that she looked me in the eye a lot. And so me and her kind of had this like communication going through the whole time. And she looked me in the eye and I can see in her eyes that she was very confused and worried, but she didn't want me to see it. But we both knew. Um, And so she immediately started getting on her little phone, calling the doctor back, calling the anesthesiologist, saying that. My blood pressure kept dropping, and the thing with Ayumi is that she's Japanese, and so when she talks really fast, even when she just talks, it's hard to understand her, but she was very like anxious, and she was talking really fast, and I kept listening. I kept trying to not listen to her, but I knew that there was something wrong, so I was listening to her, and the poor thing, the people on the other line couldn't understand her because she was talking so fast. And she kept having to repeat herself and she was getting very frustrated because they were kept asking her to repeat herself. But they finally, she told them, my patient's blood pressure keeps dropping. And it wasn't like it was just low. It continuously was dropping. Um, and so she was very concerned. And so she got off the phone and they she called the people that she needed to call, but they weren't coming quick enough. And so she ran across the room onto the other side of my bed and she pushed down onto my uterus to check and see if it was firming up. So usually when you're done delivering, your uterus is supposed to kind of like go back, contract back. And she was pushing and she was feeling some things and she kept pushing and pushing down and she ended up taking out three really huge blood clots. You see, they're like the size of a, a fist, right? Huge. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, they. She had to weigh. She had to weigh them, and they were like almost two pounds after she took them out. And my mom saw them too, and she ended up telling me how bad they were. And I kept, every time she would take my blood pressure, I kept asking my mom, what is it? What is it? What is it? She wouldn't tell me. She would just tell me it's low, but she wouldn't tell me the numbers because I'm a number girl. And I'm like, well, what number? What number? And she wouldn't tell me because again, I had Maya in my arms and I knew that there was something wrong and all of that. But Ayumi, again, her instinct, if she had not found those clots, I don't know where I would be today because she that that was a very dangerous situation 
And the anesthesiologist ended up coming in and he kind of looked, well, why is she bleeding? Is she, or why is her blood pressure? Is she bleeding from somewhere? Is she losing blood from somewhere? And Ayumi kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. And as soon as she found those clots, it was like, wow. And the doctor had to give, the anesthesiologist had to give me medication to help increase my blood pressure. I had lost a significant amount of blood with in between delivering her and those blood clots. So um, it almost came to a point where they needed to give me a blood transfusion. But it didn't get there because Yumi saved the day. And Damien didn't have to see it. And he didn't have to. I, by the time I came out the shower, everybody's like happy again. Like He didn't have to see I, Yumi be like in distraught mode or me. But when he came out, I was in a completely different mood. Like I... Kinda. I mean, it was just not. I mean, the the reason why I figured out that something went wrong when I was in the shower was because, like, I don't know. I was trying to. I was trying to, like, I don't know. Ma- I was trying to maybe get a picture, or I was doing something that was apparently inappropriate. If you know this scenario didn't get fixed or whatnot, and was that was literally like you know like you were on the phone. You were trying. Yeah, you were trying to call your mom okay, or yeah, call your yeah. family. My mom too was on Facetime, and I literally had to tell her right. get off the phone. Right. Like so, whenever that happened, I was like, oh, oh, I was like, what? Like I was like, what's going on? We can't be happy right now. Like what? And then that's when Lizette kind of like delivered the message to me that like you know th- this all happened while I was in the shower or whatnot. So it was at that point it was pretty like flooring to find that out like i was I, I felt lost and i you know i didn't quite understand you know the magnitude of of what went down while i was in the shower and i wasn't even in the shower for that long yeah um but yeah that that was that was when things got really scary and really devastating for me but um i at the same time i was i was like very happy that by the time i got out you know everything was looking great and you know we didn't have to you know worry or anything at that point i was glad it was all handled quickly and everything but um Coming out to find that out, like I, like I said, I came out with like smile on my free face, ready to go skin to skin. But then, you know, come to find out, my, you know, Lizette is, you know, it's at this point life threatening situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or maybe we just passed the life threatening situation. You know, um, which is something that I don't think a lot of people really think about is the health of the mom after. Yeah. Everybody you- thinks that we're in this like day and age to where. Yeah. Births always go perfect. Mom always survives. Baby always survives or whatever. But I feel like I'm still very, very like um, worried about that in, a, in the birth process just because I'm just like, you know, I heard about how like, you know, if you get a fever or a lot of these like little things can cause these like major issues and things like that. So that was kind of always a worry of mine, you know, is like, how, how, you know, would Lizette be okay from this? And then I also know, and I don't know that much about it, but your blood type yeah it's very rare so i was so i was also oh, concerned yeah, yeah the, so i am i have i'm rh negative and um i have to get an extra shot called a rogam shot and i receive it like at 20 some 20 no not 28 like i think sometime in the second trimester i receive a rogam shot um, and that's because if Maya's blood is positive blood and I'm negative and it mixes, then it could potentially, I mean, not potentially, it's it does yeah. attack my yeah. antibody system and it's fatal for the mom if you don't get this right. Rogam shot. Um, and so, yeah, that- so, so, so with me knowing that, 
and hearing that all this blood situation was going on while I was in the shower, that's, that's when I was thinking. like really, really, mm-hmm. really, really, really panicking because I was like, oh my gosh, like she already has this weird blood. It's already a problem. Yeah. Well, also, if I needed a blood transfusion too, it's hard. My blood right. is very rare. So it, yeah, just a lot of things. But eventually everything, my blood pressure started slowly started to um, increase and go back to normal. And Maya did end up having positive blood. So I had to get a Rogam shot. She got after. daddy's blood, right? <laughs> yeah, she did. Um, so I had, to, I did have to get a Rogam shot after, but um, other than that scare, it was, and I feel like Ayumi saved our, I mean, for me. Literally saved your life. I think so. Save my life too, because I don't know where I would be without you. Is it? <laughs> so, after when her shift was over, we were st- when her shift was ending, we were still in the labor and delivery room, and I just gave her the biggest hug, and we took a picture, and she was just, she was just amazing, and I, we owe it all to her. Yeah. I mean, thank you for the doctor who stitched me up and caught my baby, but shout out to <laughs> you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, she was just, oh my gosh, it was wonderful. She was an angel. And so we'll keep, we don't want to keep this episode going, but we could talk about our nights in the hospital at another episode and our first few weeks with a newborn. She is now on this day, which is Sunday when this episode launches. She is two weeks and... Three days, three days. Yeah. yeah. She's two weeks and three days old, and we are just enjoying every single second of her being this small. It's she already, fast, yeah, she already looks so much different than when she came. And, um, yeah, we'll talk more about how we've been yeah. adjusting. Yeah, we want to, we want to take it slow because we, 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 we did, you know, we missed, you know, we missed a few weeks. So we kind of have a lot to go over and a lot to talk about. And we don't want to rush it because, the hospital experience is really, really important um, mm-hmm. for us to like help help with you know future parents and and you know provide tips and advice you know because a lot a lot went down in mm-hmm. the hospital after Maya was born and it was all good and everything like that. But definitely, um, but we want to bring it on slow so everybody learning can, experience, yeah. yeah, 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 so everybody can learn from it. Um, but the the birthing experience was amazing, and again, it was truly life changing and. Like I said, like I keep saying, now that it's over, it was the greatest experience I ever had. Still, yeah, it was absolute greatest experience. And now we have our little Maya girl. Mm-hmm. So we are blessed and she is doing great. Mom's doing great. Dad's doing great. And we're just one big happy family for now. <laughs> I'm Forever. Don't listen to her. Um, but yeah, so... Next week, we will be back, and thank you guys for tuning in. This is the second season. I'm pretty excited about this new chapter in our lives. I'm so excited. I feel like we're going to have so much awesome, fun content now. We're going to, you know, we actually have Maya now to help us, you know what I mean, with with some more experiences and stories to give and everything like that. So I'm I'm really excited for for everything that that is coming for for you guys to hear our our journey and Mm -hmm. join us on it all. So tune in and watch as we as Maya grows, we grow too. So we'll catch you guys. Yes. And, and and dads, real quick, dads, I have a new community coming for you guys. Maybe in two, two maybe two weeks, I'll, I'll drop it all for you. But um, the millennial dad journey, 
it's coming for us all to you know participate talk provide yes. a, provide advice you know share share stories and just um you know help each other you know become that awesome awesome millennial dad you know yeah the father's day is dad. coming up so yeah. we need some dads on this podcast and i know we have a lot of dads dad friends so those of you who are dads please reach out we would love to have you on here yeah. and we will catch you guys next week thanks for tuning in appreciate y'all <laughs>